0: Listening to Pawnee Public Radio.
1: With your hosts, Hannah and Will. This episode actually takes place inside of a library for some of it, so we're just trying to be respectful. Welcome back.
0: I don't listen to library oh. rules, so I'm gonna talk at a normal volume. <laughs> no, I'm still wow. I'm still saying we're in a library. I'm just yeah, bold.
1: You're just a rebel with a cause so and rebel. the causes. <laughs> don't like libraries. <laughs> I
0: don't like libraries. I'm gonna talk how I'm gonna talk. And if I love li- if I librarian shushes me, so be it. But you keep whispering, Will, the rule follower.
1: I here's my problem. I am a rule follower, for sure, but so I also I. match personalities as soon as I'm <laughs> as soon as I'm with someone.
0: I know you really gave up on your whispering. So am quick. I, I think he gave me Will for those listening who can't see Will, Will gave me this look like, I can't believe you didn't go along with the bit. But it was. <laughs> I was just doing my own character within the bit. I was standing.
1: I just got um, scared about getting gave- in trouble in this library. What's your what do you think is we'll get into it in terms of like what the characters in the episode have against librarians and libraries. What's your case against them? I
0: I actually really like libraries. My ideal bar is a library. I realized once while talking to a friend, I was like, I don't like (laughs) loud bars with lots of people. I would rather a quiet bar with bright lights, AC places to sit and read. And my friend said, you're just describing a library. (laughs) So
1: this, just like shelves and shelves an and act. shelves of not beer, but like some kind of fruity drink, right?
0: Yeah, some like maybe like fruit snacks, like a vending machine or something. You know, a sense of peace, but with strict rules, structured fun. Really, that's my ideal I, bar.
1: I was so recently library. reflecting on the Northwestern Library, our alma mater's library, and we, it specifically was an ugly
0: library. <laughs> it's a yes. I was a tour guide, and a lot of the buildings are beautiful. And this one just looks like it's just like cement panels, and it's massive.
1: It's brutalist. You kind of have to force it when you get by there. Or imagine you you, like tell about.
0: Also, if you hear a sound, I'm not (laughs) farting. I have a very squeaky chair.
1: Oh, that's a good cover. I also have a very squeaky chair. (laughs) I was just remembering the the like uh, vending machines and how bad they were. How would, be like, a vending machine that would have, like, an, an old apple in there that had somehow been, like, oh, frozen? it was
0: gross. There was also, like, a separate vending machine r- room, like, yeah. that was also very inhospitable to enjoy. Um, but we spent a lot of time in the library.
1: So, I think that, yeah. Yeah. Slept, didn't sleep there. Full range of human experience took place behind those doors. Yeah. There so, was I also have, little com- we, I feel like we have complicated relationships. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there were these little pods you could study in. Isn't this fun? Maybe just for you who went to Northwestern and are listening. Um, Reflecting on the library times.
1: (laughs) Which were good times. Um, Yeah. Much like a relationship, much like Ron's relationship with Tammy in this episode, Ron and Tammy.
0: Yes, we watched Ron and Tammy. It's a really good season two episode because it, it features the indescribably hilarious Megan Mullally who is married mm. to Nick Offerman who plays Ron Swanson and there's just something about watching um watching two people who uh, are married and love each other play uh people who hate each other with great sexual chemistry that's just so fun
1: i feel like that's that's a, a dream role is getting to yeah is getting to like have that kind of character dynamic with a spouse. With I'll say it with other. a loved one. Yeah. yeah. It's,
0: <laughs> it's so fun. I was reached. I was watching, I was rewatching the good place recently. And, um, yeah. there's, there's one scene where Kristen Bell, where Dak Shepard plays like a demon. And he's just like, he says two sentences in the whole thing. And Kristen Bell's the lead of that show. And he has some line. Like I, I tap that to Kristen Bell, his actual wife. And it just makes you smile uh, (laughs) because, you know, there's there's love behind that one line.
1: (laughs) Yeah. A lot of of love in this, in this Um, app. Is there anything that people need to know for context before we describe our experience of watching the show?
0: Like context of how we watched it together or what kind of context?
1: I, I think the context is super important. I mean, I know we've talked a little bit about libraries. People have... We don't have a library expert on. Um, not this episode.
0: Don't don't hold your breath about that. <laughs> because I may have listened ahead to a voicemail. Where maybe we do hear from a library. Oh, I don't know. Okay.
1: My whole world just... We don't, we don't just have an expert, open. though.
0: A special expert segment. Um, but if we did... It would be, uh, we'd have a divorce attorney and a librarian. <laughs> that would be our expert segment. Please let us know in the comments below how disappointed you are that that is not what we had.
1: Yeah. And if, and if you work in the shoe shine industry, we want to hear from you.
0: We do. And, we I, and I feel it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's just jump into it. I mean, shall we? And then we can talk about it. The yeah. sooner we jump in, the sooner we get to swim.
1: I think for the past couple episodes we've been diving in, but I like that some of the pressure has been removed and I think we're I, I think jumping into this one takes the into edge. into this one. Yeah. yeah.
0: There's an A story and a B story and Will and I we're going to do them both together cuz that's what we've been doing. Yeah. Um <laughs> so it's too late, we didn't plan ahead so we're going to do it together. Uh the A story uh involves the title of the episode Ron and Tammy. Um and it's about uh there's been another bid on the the lot the lot the pit is now a lot and they're trying to build a park but out of nowhere out of left library field is another nice. request by the library yeah it was a brilliant thing i just said <laughs> just take a minute
1: we got baseball on the brain yeah the library has sunk their their dirty little librarian clause into lot 48 um and and it, there's going to be trouble. Um, but the, the episode kicks off with old Gus, who... No, that's really... the B story. Oh, my that's gosh. Story.
0: <laughs> that's why I didn't... I'm not... I Will is, here, <laughs> Will, Will is sitting here thinking, Hannah forgot the opener. I'm going to go back. But I'm sitting here thinking, I know what the opener is. And I skipped it because it's the B story.
1: We've got to start doing Leslie's thing of when we're th- when we're both thinking those things, we just need to be saying it out loud. <laughs> That's the lesson there is just, <laughs> just to say so all let's that get, out loud.
0: Let's get back to the A story, Will. Um, I hope
1: old Gus is there when we return. I hope um, he's there.
0: But so they're all in the conference room. And I think this is a great um, a great ensemble episode, even though we have this fantastic guest star, uh, because it's also I've, I noticed this is like Donna's best episode so far um she's got a lot more to do than she ever has and she's got a lot of funny moments but they're all in the conference room when leslie finds out the library well mark sort of pops in to let her know the library has placed a bid Mm -hmm. and everyone's freaking out except anne who has a fantastic straight 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 man role to play exclaiming that she she wouldn't mind if there was a library there
1: yeah she's not She doesn't as yet understand the, like, vitriol that everyone immediately directs towards the libraries. Definitely. Um, So, Leslie steps out with Mark. Mark fills her in on this new plot. um, And they realize that they do have a person on the inside. They have a connection to the big library industry in the role of Tammy Swanson, um, who we learn is... What's her
0: official library job?
1: She's... Isn't she the director of...
0: Director of books?
1: Director of, of books. <laughs> yeah, I think of re- regionally, regionally Pony book bookwoman.
0: Now, Mark will be in both the A story and the B story, but I would like to point out that when he comes in the room, the way they remind us that he's dating Anne is he goes, Hi, Anne, and she smiles. And then when he's talking to Leslie and is sort of like glancing at them, it's very subtle relationship work, but yes, the biggest Whereas relationship, there's
1: no mention that Leslie we assume is still actively dating cop Dave, but
0: Oh my God. I keep yeah. forgetting about cop Dave, <laughs> which you is okay. Think, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the big reveal is that, uh, Tammy Swanson who kept Ron's last name, as you uh pointed out to me when we were watching, uh it's a big power move. Yeah. She is the head the deputy of books, or something more official sounding, and mm. Leslie uh has to go talk to her to try to get her to withdraw the request for the lot space and goes to Donna Rod, Donna
1: knows this is a bad idea. You know, well, I feel like Donna Donna, yeah.
0: Donna later in the episode knows that something Leslie does later is a bad idea. But at this point, Donna, everyone knows she has to go try to talk to Tammy. No one's against her initially going. It's what Yeah, because a library after. would be a
1: bad thing. A library in yes. Lot 48 would be a blight everyone upon the town. Everyone supports yeah.
0: that, uh, except Anne, um, who just quietly follows along. But Ron warns uh, Leslie that going that she's a monster, she's a machine, but Leslie goes and finds what seems to be a very nice deputy of books. Um, mm. said, uh, uh, Tammy Swanson says she'll withdraw the application. And this is where Donna really thinks Leslie's making a mistake in that Leslie decides this lady seems nice. Let's give Ron some closure. And she brings Tammy Swanson into the Parks Department as a Oof. surprise reveal.
1: A real Trojan horse moment. Yeah. And Tammy Swanson is, a bit, is talking a lot of big game about government gals sticking together. Yeah. I mean, and they have even more chemistry than Mark and Ann. I think Leslie and Tammy hit it off.
0: And lots you know, of people have after, more yeah. chemistry than Mark <laughs> and Ann. I think that's not the hardest thing. I think my favorite part of this whole initial um, sequence is that yeah. is that Leslie, in pitching Ron on why he should make up with Tammy... Kind of reveals that she slept with Mark. She's like, "Well, R- Mark and I slept together, and w- and we talked it out, and we're fine." And there's this awkward moment of, "Wait, you s- what?"
1: <laughs> yeah, it all it all comes out because I guess Leslie wasn't playing the the game with the rest of the staff when they were trying to dig up dirt on each other. Because otherwise, that's not buried too deep,
0: right? I would also say that I like how in Leslie's mind reconciling with her friend she slept with once is the same as getting – reconciling with an ex-wife. Like she's like both are legitimate. That seems yeah. like something I would do. <laughs> I would
2: it does, be like, listen,
0: I get your divorce. I went on a date once that went poorly.
1: Leslie as a character I think is so – In a really wonderful way, like so eager for connection and so good at relating to people that there are there will always be these situations where she relates something in her own life to someone else's that just is not at all on the same scale. I think I do
0: that by accident with people. I'm like, I understand what you're going through. And I always preface it with like, I'm not saying it's the same, but Mm -hmm. here's this (laughs) thing. And I feel like most of the time. um. It's not the same size, so so Ron and Tammy decide to grab coffee and at a and cute diner
1: It's an incredible moment of cinematic editing of we see mm. the progression of their their relationship immediately you know goes off the rails ron <laughs> Ron responds to a How are you doing? It's so nice to to like meet with you with will you a you've aged poorly (laughs) Um, and she heightens it much
0: much like the opener of this podcast there are there's heightening
1: yeah yeah she comes in with a whisper there's a response with a roar all-out brawl they're in the same booth yelling at each other they're in separate booths eating they're kissing over booths they're they're like ripping a booth apart in their their pure sexual energy Which leads them out of the restaurant into the car, into uh, a seedy motel with a very funny like strip sprint to the door.
0: Yeah, not just a seedy motel. (laughs) Like Megan Mullally or Tammy Swanson's character says, "Same place as usual." Like it's 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 referencing this seedy (laughs) motel. And then we have this great shot of Ron closing the curtains of the seedy motel, like grinning.
1: Yeah. I yeah, think, it's, yeah,
0: <laughs> it's, it's it's gross. It's weird. Um, it's a great, great
1: inciting incident.
0: What happened <laughs> to the, the next day? Now, Ron Swanson is sort of defined by his privacy. So I think we have to remember that anytime he overshares is jarring for many reasons. But Leslie goes to see how the coffee went, and he really talks about how they had sex to her in a way that Leslie is not comfortable with.
1: Yeah, and this this fall is also a moment which I I think is important. Sometimes some people maybe just know the show primarily from its gifts, but I feel like this is a gift that lives big in the public zeitgeist, which is Ron like dancing in in his red shirt, like doing his little red shirt yes. dance.
0: His, his it just sex feels like shirt. an iconic
1: moment. His sex, his Tiger Woods sex shirt, which you has
0: know, yeah.
1: totally new meaning now. <laughs> he
0: also we kind of get the origin of some of the decor in Ron's office because he says, you know, he has this uh, paint, like a photo of a woman, a brunette woman with breakfast food. And he says that it's just a stock photo basically. But he says, that's his favorite thing. Like a cute brunette, not cute, like a sexy brunette with breakfast. Why did I upgrade cute to sexy? It's weird (laughs) both ways. Uh, He loves brunettes and breakfast, breakfast food. He got the real thing. He really grosses Leslie out. He talks about his penis to her. Let's be real.
1: Yeah. What is what? There's a line that <laughs> he describes it as being. It's like doing peyote and sneezing slowly for six hours. Is was one of my favorite lines of the episode. This um, had
0: a lot of. This was a good. This was um. This was a good. Uh, like like if you wanted to capture really funny lines, this was a good episode for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it felt like Nick Offerman getting to just be weird. Play with awesome language and be really weird and like have moments of physical comedy, a lot of just like great uh talking heads from him. I guess
0: every episode has funny lines. I don't know why I said that. this is unique to <laughs> this, this is episode. A funny one. This one, guys, I don't know if you're <laughs> paying attention, but this one has some comedic lines.
1: I was thinking as we were watching this that this is very much I think a Parks and Rec app. Ep- in your wheelhouse, because I feel like in every, almost every recap, you you like latch it like key into the Leslie Ron dynamic, and I this is such like dynamic. a subversion and like fun. Yeah. They have so much fun with it. Yeah, of, like I who's think, in power? Yeah,
0: yeah. We'll get into what happens next and like why this is, but like it deepens their relationship. I just think at the end of the day, like part of the heart of the show is is Ron and Leslie. And I think that's why, spoiler alert, so hold on, take, take some peyote and take 30 seconds off. (laughs) But, you know, when we get into like season seven and they've had a falling out, it doesn't feel right until they're reconciled. And I think it's just, they are, they're the heart. And so in this one, usually, you know, Ron is saving Leslie. So for Leslie to save Ron, it's just deep. You're right. This is in my wheelhouse because I love this relationship. Um, but before we get there, let's keep going. Okay. If you've taken your peyote, I hope you're back. (laughs) It
1: shouldn't kick in for a while. So good luck on your journey. Um, Um,
0: good luck on your journey while listening to the rest (laughs) of this. Um, so in in addition to the, you know, so as grossed out as Leslie is, she decides that she was right to meddle. And tells, mm-hmm. doesn't just tell Donna she was right. She writes a post it note saying, I was right. This is what I mean. Donna really comes in with the punches. Yeah. Um, you and never, then.
1: Just no. a reminder I think you should never give an actual I told you so note to someone. Because no. then they have a note that says, I told you so.
0: And I, it was, is, I told Yaso. It was Y-A. I told
1: Yaso. Sorry. my Yeah, it's been a while since I've
0: pronounced that, pronounced um, anything. Uh, um, I told Yaso. <laughs> uh I'm so sorry. I don't know what that was. Um so yeah, don't give a note, but you know, Leslie Leslie is a meddler in general. She's one of those characters that again, something I relate to. I relate to her tendency to try to relate and I relate mm. to her desire to meddle.
1: Well, yeah, it's such that's such a thing to have like seen you know, getting like a a 30 second glimpse of someone outside of their context of the relationship and being like, oh, I think I've actually figured, have you not thought about it from this angle? Like immediately yeah. assuming that you're the expert as an outside eye. Well, to
0: be fair, I'm going to defend <laughs> yeah. people who do this because <laughs> it's not right, but I'll defend it. I think there are times when you, if you're good friends with someone, that you can see their relationships with a the clarity they can't from the inside. I agree. I think sometimes something's obvious to viewers, but you are also right that when you just have a slice of the pie and you don't see the rest of the pie, I don't know why I needed to bring pie into this, but there's pie now. You don't even yeah, know what it flavor is lunchtime. pie is. <laughs> is that, Am I just hungry? Are all my metaphors going to become food now?
1: I think use it. It's a good, in, in its own way, this is ultimately an episode about, Breakfast.
0: Breakfast, yeah. Yeah. So basically, uh, Tammy Swanson and Ron Swanson are now giggling, reading their divorce papers. Ron calls Leslie into the office, and it is revealed the big plan. Ron is going to sign off and give the lot to the library. Tammy Swanson had ulterior motives.
1: And then, Hannah, I'm wondering if I can ask you, in your best sort of like Ron moment, what ron is trading the lot for do you know what he's trading it for do you remember what he Probably
0: says sex right
1: yeah well he says for sex. he says that he's trading it for sex
0: oh he mumbles it
1: he said for, yeah that's really it.
0: for sex but mumbles <laughs> um yeah i and then donna takes leslie's note i told yes so and pushes it against the window dramatically
1: Yeah, it's an I'm no, no, no. It's an I'm rubber and your glue situation. It's a real reversal. And again, if you'll remember, that's why you don't give the note.
0: You don't write, don't put your crazy in emails. Don't write, I told you so not. I had a friend teach me that about emails. If you ever get an email listener and you're angry about the email, don't respond angrily because then they have your angry words in writing. Take a breath before you respond angrily to an email that's a little bit of advice in the middle of the a story recap
1: where do you put your crazy hannah you're angry where do you put your angry You're crazy angry
0: it's all in carrier pigeon letters because it takes forever to get there and the pigeon usually just doesn't give it to them because i don't know how to train carrier pigeons
1: um, <laughs> my grandpa raises homing pigeons
0: this doesn't surprise me <laughs> <laughs> I just, there's nothing about what you just said, that sentence that surprises me. Um, what does that say, kind yeah. of pigeon do? Is that like a carrier pigeon? What's a homing pigeon? Yeah, they pigeon? come
1: home. I think they're, I think a, a carrier pigeon is a homing pigeon that has a letter <laughs> and has some responsibility. Um, is it, is it your yeah.
0: grandfather on your father's side?
1: It's my paternal grandfather. Yes, I remember you pigeons, posted
0: yeah. a photo of your father and your grandfather once. And listeners, they all look very similar. The Sondheims have yeah. a very similar look.
1: Yeah, just if imagine. Remember,
0: just imagine Will, but like <laughs> a couple years a little, older. Just a couple yeah. years. They're all very <laughs> close in age. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, remarkably so.
0: Remarkably. So. <laughs> remarkably um <laughs> remarkably they're like two years apart do the math there on your own don't um, do
2: the math so Anna.
0: leslie confronts tammy tammy admits to the plan leslie i don't know why i'm going speedy now but i am um there's just a lot of i don't know why i'm doing this this episode but here we go i hope the listeners on board for that <laughs> uh, leslie goes back to ron the brilliance of tammy is tammy admits what it is because it doesn't yeah. really matter she's got ron now She'd rather be yeah. Cleopatra than Eleanor Roosevelt, which really offends it's Leslie to the her horror.
1: Really, that's the last. That's, that's one of many straw. final straws. Yeah. yeah. I think so, there's a whole hay bale full of last straws. Yeah. Great elevator scene. Doors closing. Incredible camera work. We get Leslie shouting through the door. First the
0: editing, then the camera work. This one is a tour de force of yeah. uh, cinematography. If it's not too late,
1: nominate it. Take it out nominate of the vault. It. Give it a nomination for throw throw the whole awards book at it. Um, throw it at it. And then it. we have an incredible scene <laughs> between uh, Leslie and Ron. Total power dynamic shift. Ron, at the beginning of the episode, was king of the castle. Yeah. Was a man who, like, you know, had this moral code of never having anything to do with his ex. It has totally broken him. He's weeping. Um... The animal magnetism has, you know, when you like put a magnet on a computer and it messes up the computer. I feel like that animal magnetism has done that to his spirit in this moment. And he's, he's fried.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He started so strong, like women. And now he's just like, I'm scared. And so he asked Leslie to break up with Tammy for him. So they Mm -hmm. go together to the library.
1: And there's, and it's all through this thin, kind of like veil of him not fully not wanting to like own up that it's because he's <laughs> just scared, especially when they get there. Um, um so they're in the office. They're breaking up and
0: Leslie Leslie and Ron yeah, are breaking, breaking up. up but Harry. it's not working. <laughs> yeah. It's not and working Leslie has this and this moment says where she
1: yeah she chooses their friendship over this thing. So park. instead of using yeah over the, the thing, the park remember she says
0: yeah she says i don't care if you sign it but i can't watch this like you're better than this i believe in you i'm your friend so she leaves him with the papers and leaves the library
1: Mm -hmm. she basically says i don't want you to be miserable i want my friend to be happy so like do what you need to do i won't be involved And
0: so she's outside the library and out in a shocking twist runs ron he hasn't given in to sign it but he also is missing part of his mustache and has a push pin in his head
1: and is very adamant that they that they walk that they walk faster that they get out of there quick.
0: Yeah, and then we have a fantastic closing scene of them drinking alcohol together. And I would guess it was a Lagavulin, a whiskey, mm-hmm. um, scotch. And uh, Ron has now replaced the stock photo of the woman with breakfast food with just breakfast food, <laughs> which will remain in his office for most of the rest of the show.
1: Yeah, it's really a great moment. B story. Oh. Is old Gus still there?
0: Is he there? Oh, he's still there. He hasn't left yet. Congratulations. <laughs> Guys, we're in the B story. And I love that Josh Wiggler, when he was on, said that he thought Andy should have sued the city. Because now I can't... I can't, can't watch, it. <laughs> I can't unsee it. That Leslie feels guilty for him losing upwards of $100,000. And... um now feels like she has to try to get him jobs. Although I will say if you can, if Josh Wigler is listening um, or if anyone else is, uh, I kind of think, I think Andy would not have gotten upwards of a hundred thousand dollars because I'm imagining right now in this moment, I'm just realizing Andy Dwyer in court
2: and the mm. judge
0: asking him questions and him being just way too honest and maybe losing yeah. the money either way. But Leslie definitely... It seemed like he had a good lawyer. He had a good lawyer, but I feel like Andy would still somehow be like, you know what? (laughs) It's all my fault. Like, I don't...
1: Give give a man a... You know, teach a man to shoe shine. No, give a man a shoe and he'll have a shoe for a foot, but teach a man to shoe shine and... Yeah, um, what we're referring
0: yeah. to is old Gus. The shoe shine is retiring, and Andy uh, Leslie has committed herself to Andy starting his life again, and has decided to m- make Andy the shoe shine. And we have this fantastic opener of everyone saying goodbye to old Gus,
1: mm-hmm. and old Gus finally gets to speak his mind, and <laughs> he's it's a it's a pretty bitter message for the government employees of Pawnee. It's very much that he is. He has wasted his <laughs> wasted his life. Um and and my favorite little piece of that is that he uh he doesn't like the name old Gus and that we learn that he's been called old Gus since he was twenty years old. Maybe it's like the Sondheim men, you know, you kind of all you kind of always have an old Gus vibe. I get it. Um but Andy gets the job. Yeah. He's a shoeshine boy now. Um He is the
0: shoeshine boy. It this is great.
1: We oh, don't see say? any, oh, I just to say we don't, as a warning, there's no shoe shine action. If you're, if you're here to see like the action of shoes being shined. No,
0: but as a, as a heads up, you know, yeah, is a spoiler. I hope if you're on your peyote, peyote out for a sec. <laughs> he will, he will buy, I think even the next episode have a pretty, we'll see a lot of shining of shoes next episode. Yeah. And. This episode, no one's really coming to the stand, but very quickly we learn that Andy's actually a good shoe shrine. This is yeah. his first skill,
1: yeah, um, and he okay, all- back in <laughs> come on back in, yeah, gently, 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 um uh, the big maybe unanticipated consequence of Leslie bringing Andy into the the um
0: parts. Or the the government building.
1: The government building. I was looking for the word government building. Is that now he's coworkers with Mark, Anne's new boyfriend. Um, And so the B story is all about the tension between Andy, Anne, and Mark. And Mark trying to be the grown up.
0: Right. Andy has filled his shoeshine stand with photos of Anne, including a bikini shot. You know what? As much as I I feel like last episode, I had my first moment of empathy for Mark, meeting her friends and kind of living in the shadow of someone they actually liked in Andy. <laughs> I kind of felt like Mark goes back to being a bit of a wet blanket towel thing this episode. He just, he really, it's like, I... It's like, I, he should be the empathetic one in this situation. Like he should, we should hate Andy and we should be like, oh my God, Mark. Yes. Like this is your girl. But for some reason, he's just so sad, Zach, about it all. It's like he goes mm-hmm. to Tom for advice and Tom's like, let me date her. haha." And then Tom says, take the high road. Cause Tom tells everyone to take the high road so he can cruise on the low road solo, which I love. <laughs> Uh, but it honestly, you know, it Mark's like begging Andy to stop, and I'm just like, do you ever work, Mark?
1: <laughs> well, to be fair, I, I think I think the wall of Anne photos, I think that's a conversation you gotta have with Andy. Um, yeah, that, I guess you know, not <laughs> not a great not a great vibe. Um
0: no, it's not but, good Andy behavior to be clear. It's bad. But yeah. it's just I feel like Mark is so I'm just like uh
1: Yeah. Yeah, that it, that it, the jealousy brings out the worst part of him.
0: I don't I wish the jealousy brought out the worst. I wish Mark did uh, you know, got angry and took the photos down. I wish he Made out with Anne in front of Anne. I wish he did anything other than sit there and be like, "Hey, so like, I want to be your friend, buddy." Like, it's just it's it's. There's no comedy here.
1: Oh, it's kind of like a like an energy suck on the dynamic.
0: Kind of.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I agree, and
0: like. There's a moment, again, Donna having another great moment where Andy's like, well, who would you choose if you were Anne? Would you choose me or Mark? And they walk away and Donna goes, Andy. And I, I was well, like, it, yeah. You
1: know, he has a better walk and a better he butt. He just
0: has more energy. I mean, it's like. And then finally, you know, it's at the very end that Anne, there's not a real even conclusion to this B story. It's just Anne says, you got to take down the photos. And he does.
1: Yeah. So really, it's, I mean, Mark, Mark isn't, that's a good point, too, that Mark isn't really standing up for Anne in the B story. He's sort of standing up for himself being uncomfortable and feeling kind of threatened and not loving yes. the fact that Anne's is Well, that's Anne's what it is. is. I guess, a, yes. Yeah. He's not he's I not thinking know. of Anne. Like maybe Mark should have exactly what you're saying, Mark should have gone and been and told Andy to take down all the photos instead of being like buddy buddy with him.
0: Honestly, honestly, Mark is in to be very clear, Mark is in the right, Andy is in the wrong. Like I'm not denying that. I'm just saying that, like, there's just nothing. I just if 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 Mark was gonna take a stand, I would like to see him like take a stand. If he's yeah. not, I, there was just he landed somewhere in between, in the middle ground.
1: Well, there he has been, you know, positioned as this rebound, and part of the rebound is him being normal, and part of his arc also feels like it's him just getting more. uh I mean, it, it is him growing and and learning how to be in a healthy adult relationship, but I think you're right that That's that true. isn't that doesn't. It's not making great. TV. And so he's like, he's courting Anne by being balanced and being like stable. But for an audience, that isn't as fun to watch.
0: But that's the thing. If he was balanced and stable, like you said, he would be like, this isn't appropriate to have a photo of Anne in a bikini for her. Mm-hmm. But it's not even that. It would be, if he was stable and balanced, it would be like, I'm not made uncomfortable, comp- like breakingly by this because I'm with Anne and I'm happily with Anne. Um, but this is inappropriate for her. That's the normal state. I don't even think he hits that.
1: Well, it's sort of like, I mean, we talk a lot about Andy being like this giant kid, you know? Um, yeah. and I think actually Mark is also, Mark is actually like a high schooler stuck in an adult's body and is maybe better at hiding it. But I mean, when he walks and interrupts the meeting at the beginning of the episode, it's big, it's big, like awkward high school couple energy. Uh, yes. Of like, sorry to interrupt, home room. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I hear you. What do you? What did you think of the B story? I think it has a lot of fun Andy moments, I think and it it's introduces fun. him as yeah. It brings him into like the Parks office environment, I love which him.
0: I like. Yeah, I love him joining the building. Um, I love. Listen, it's bad behavior. Let's be very clear. Um, <laughs> you know, she's not with him, and he's. <laughs> Not hearing no, and that's obviously a bad look, but it is really fun. I I do, in the Halloween episode, Anne and Andy are in separate storylines. And I wish that they, you know, for one more episode, got to grow into those separate storylines again. Because I, I liked Andy better when he was goofing around with Leslie versus when he was kind of like pursuing Anne. Um mm-hmm. and I liked Anne better when she didn't have to be like the if Andy's a child, she kind of becomes like a mom to him, like a mom ex-lover. Yeah. Um but you know, I love uh <laughs> old Gus into Andy the shoe shine. I have to say, I it's 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 positioning him to take his dirty shoes and shine up his character. But I'm I'm so
2: It
1: is
0: apologetic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, I think that it's sort of like it is the perfect job for him in a it's way. The of,
0: perfect job for him.
1: And yeah, and of just like work, and I think it fits with the ethos of the show larger of like having not just elevating like menial or manual or bureaucratic work, um, but like being like empathizing with that sort of job position, you know, and not making jokes about it, obviously, but like also having. Yeah, I don't know. I I just I, I like the I, I think that
0: it's, I mean maybe I'm wrong and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the first time we see Andy, maybe not this episode, his business isn't booming yet, but he's positioned to do something he's actually good at. Like he wasn't mm. good at being Ann's boyfriend. Uh he wasn't like his best self living in a dirty pit. But this is a job where he doesn't have to think too much. We'll learn in a later season. He's like, it's not about thinking, it's just doing. He has to be be personable with clients, build like a regular clientele, and just, you know, do sort of a job that's not gonna um gonna become too complicated for him. And I think setting him up for even this baby success kind of grounds his character a little bit.
1: Well, I think the I think the his character growth is connected to the job. But in, you mentioned The Good Place, another Mike Schur show, um, which I feel like part of the thesis of that is like, if you, the people you surround yourself with make you better, you know, right. or like if you can surround yourself with people who care about things, that is just like good for your soul. Yeah. And I think, I think having, it's just so smart to have Andy.
0: Closer than
1: closer to them where it's just like he doesn't have to it's not like you know he's on a quest to to shine shoes and shining shoes is going to make him is like teach him about life but it is going like him passing through the office and like having a couple of lines of conversation with donna are gonna start rounding out his character even more and like
0: totally i would also not to make it super singular but in some ways parks and rec shows Leslie's effect on everyone around her. Like, I know it's Mm -hmm. everyone's effect on each other, but Leslie creates, like, growth and goodness inside every single person she's around. And I think Leslie is now committed to helping Andy and having, like, Leslie in his corner and Leslie near him is going to be huge for him. (laughs) I... (laughs) I like how you've written in these notes, Andy now owns his own business. Got any fun job stories? Just so we're clear, Andy does not own this business. And this is, I, I love- Yeah, a partial he, share. When someone, <laughs> when someone, what? When someone points out to Andy that he doesn't own the business, there's a look of genuine confusion that- he's just like i i know that might be true but i i don't want to know who what's going like he i don't think andy (laughs) ever finds out who owns the shoes shine stand
1: yeah he's i'm sure he has he has stock in it or sock in it that's a little shoe Ah. humor (laughs) okay i'm back I didn't mean um, <laughs> to
0: dive into your notes just to call them out. I just thought it was funny that Andy like doesn't know whether he owns the business or not.
1: Yeah. Well maybe I mean Anne does mention it's sort of his first big job besides sending in audition tapes to Survivor and Deal or No Deal.
0: And then we cut which, to him shirtless <laughs> gutting a fish, his deal or no deal tape. Which I think is a perfect audition tape for deal or no deal.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm honestly surprised they never did that crossover. Um
0: dealer no deal and survivor
1: no dealer no deal and parks and Rec they should uh, have more characters on the show is dealer no deal with the cases
0: yes i I had to check it's with the cases It's the one um, megan um oh no Me, you know Megan Markle was on
1: oh was she was, a brief,
0: was she, she was, one of the she girls? was one of the girls with cases got it. Um, yes, it's the one with the cases. Um, they definitely should have invited more deal or no deal people on. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, no, I, the opposite. I think they should have, I think more reality TV shows should have, uh, should just have characters on, um, you know. Like sort of a Space Jam vibe. Like I think Deal or No Deal. What if Bugs Bunny was competing for? You know, like I think bring yeah. on fictional entities. I'm talking mascots. Andy I'm Andy Quire should have yeah. played
0: Deal or No Deal. This should have been the crossover. Um,
1: and then maybe he gets his hundred thousand dollars. Yes, <laughs> maybe that's of course, the only way.
0: dollars. On <laughs> um, he had the perfect Deal or No Deal tape. We have our we have our Survivor reference. Um, yeah, this was. Yeah, I wanted to see his survivor audition tape, which was just him choosing a briefcase.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, much easier.
0: Much fully easier. Dressed. <laughs> um, now I feel like I've skipped over. If do you have fun job stories? Andy gets a new job.
1: Andy gets a new job. I feel like I have a lot of like in between, in between job story wh- of like one-off little gigs. You know, I relate. I relate to shoe shine. I relate to shoe shine My first
0: job was um in high school. I I like was a party host at Snippets, the haircutting place. And my Whoa. friend and I would like we would like give we would like they would do the little girl's hair, some snippet employee, and then we would give them a little makeup, and then we would have them do a runway and open presents. And we would earn our money, me and my friend, and then we would go to the restaurant next door and spend all our money on this like Fancy French toast dessert we loved, and yeah. that feels like a very Andy Dwyer thing, which is like you earn your money, and then there's like a restaurant you like, and you spend your money.
1: Yeah, you get a, a sugar high like immediately. It's like old mining communities where you know you would work in the coal mine, and then would spend all your money at the on the fancy the local French shop. toast on the fancy oh. French toast <laughs> in the coal mine town. Yeah, that <laughs>
0: classic coal mining thing. But you would in between jobs. You said that you find fun.
1: I <laughs> that I that i want to tell about you... I, <laughs> I had this whole i got involved in this like uh it was sort of a the there was a theater company that went away that started doing like a party planning thing so i i would sometimes like dress up as characters for parties um, i could
0: see you doing that i could like imagine I got- that
1: the first bar mitzvah I went to was, I think i told this story before, but I was, like, firing a confetti cannon. I dressed up as, like, an old-timey pilot, for one thing. I don't think like I've a ever heard party. this story.
0: I like how you just assume. You're like, you've definitely heard my old-timey pilot bar mitzvah story. <laughs> I've two, not. Di- two
1: totally different parties. One, but...
0: <laughs> Why were you but, an old-timey pilot at this bar mitzvah or bar mitzvah?
1: Was the, it pilot-themed? The, on no, the, wings at, of at the bar mitzvah I was Torah. just. I was just there to fire to periodically fire off confetti cannons, mm-hmm. um, and then separately, I dressed up as an old timey pilot. Did they
0: ask you to do that, or did you just decide to go as the pilot? They
1: asked me. They had like a costume for a pilot. I think it was. God, I think I was the theme wore- of the party was old timey pilot. That's what I remember.
0: Or maybe like old timey airplane, or just pilot. Everyone was an old timey pilot. Maybe
1: it was sort of old time. Maybe it was Pan Am. So it was kind of like an, a specific airline.
0: Um, um, listeners, tell us about your favorite jobs or goofiest <laughs> jobs. Uh, I feel like first jobs tend to be pretty, um, pretty goofy.
1: I worked as a, as a ranch hand one summer and I have a vivid this memory. This not
0: surprise of- me either. <laughs> Nothing you've said all podcasts so far has surprised me. Like, of course, your grandfather has homing pigeons. Of course, you worked as a ranch hand one summer. What happened when you were a ranch hand? Were you good at it? Or did you?
1: I think I was. No, I was maybe fine. That doesn't surprise me
0: either. (laughs) (laughs) I just just have this memory
1: of one of spending a full day building. Build like fixing a barbed wire fence uh and then realizing that. I had I had misunderstood what I was supposed to do and that the barbed wire fence was supposed to like the way you you like really hammer in these nails to make sure the wire is tight and like make sure they're like solidly in the wood. And I realized that the barbed wire fence that I had fixed was actually one that needed to be like torn down. <laughs> so then the next day I went back and like just undid all my work. That feels like a metaphor, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, that's how life is really. Um
1: yeah.
0: we're all just fixing a barbed wire fence that we're going to have to tear down. Um before we get to town halls, we'll wrote down one more question in our question section of these notes. I'm so sorry that this is if this is too behind the scenes. I've apologized so much this podcast. Um I might cut out like 7 or 8 of the apologies. <laughs> so if you're listening back and there's only 3, that's why. Um Tom asks the room when Leslie leaves to go uh, deal with the library situation if People would rather fly or speak fluent French. Now Donna immediately says French. I love Donna, but I feel like that's the wrong answer. You can learn French. You can't just like learn to fly.
1: But our question for you is fly or fluent French.
0: I'm going with fly. What are you going with?
1: I'll I'll go with French so that you oh and I gosh. can like balance each other out. Looks no, like I surprised you, Hannah. Looks like I finally surprised you. I think you're
0: lying. When you're speaking French, I'm going to be flying around your head, and you're going to look like a real croissant. That's fool in French. (laughs) See? I don't know. It really doesn't matter. Uh, Let's bring in some of these town halls. It feels like the right time to do so. Um, If it's not... (sighs) I don't know what to say. I'm not going (laughs) to apologize again. Um, if you want to send us a voicemail for Town Hall, you just send it to speakpipe.com slash Public Radio. We also have a few emails today. That's uh, hall at pawneepublicradio.com. You can tweet at us, at Radio Pawnee. And the best way is to leave a five-star review on um, places you leave reviews, like Apple Podcasts. And we have to read your review. So we'll be doing a little of each today. Um so we'll start with uh the first anonymous from um the forty oh, the number seventy-five, number seventy-five, <laughs> briefcase seventy-five, please.
2: Hi, my name is uh, Connor. Um I am calling into the town hall because I, I just want to complain about the mandate that everybody who calls in must be called Connor, because that's not even really my real name. Um, But I'm wondering if I have to change my name to Connor, um, how should I spell it? C-O-N-N-O-R or E-R or K-O-N-N-O-R. I just don't know which one to go with. True story. Um, That's not to say that all the other stories I tell are not true, but my dad misspelled my middle name on my birth certificate, crossed it out in pen, and ever since, everybody thinks that I just tried to change my name on my birth certificate with a blue pen. Um, anyway, enjoying the podcast so far. It's um, been really fun. Thanks.
0: Thanks so much for calling in. I, I know that there are clever joke answers to this, but I will say every Connor that is called in has spelled it
1: C-O-N-N-O-R.
0: <laughs> Connor Young, Connor R.
1: The Once we get every Connor in the alphabet, I think we're we can finally rest.
0: We also have Connor from Wisconsin. Uh, You know, no matter where they're from, whether Wisconsin or Norman, Oklahoma, our Connors spell it C-O-N-N-O-R.
1: I also, I just want to say that, you know, it's, um, the Connor Club was definitely created by a small, uh, spunky group of Connors, but I think it is a state of mind. I think anyone is is welcome um, and it's, fully inclusive and all, names, all conjoined yes. to all names. As long as the name ask, is, is common. What is yeah. your
0: middle name that got crossed out? Don't you, isn't this going to just bug you? or isn't this going to keep you up at night? Will not knowing the middle name.
1: Yeah. The miss, what was it? An I before E situation. I, I strongly relate to, to making a goof on a birth certificate. I recently realized that I, let me start by saying, I know my home address. But there were there were three days where I just kept getting it wrong. And like I ordered food for delivery and I realized that I had I had put my wrong home address and it was delivered to my neighbor's porch.
0: What did you get them for dinner?
1: I think I got them some Thai food.
0: <laughs> Sounds <laughs> was, delicious. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was Uh. I think I told the story about how I got a. I won a dare essay contest, but my savings bond, my name was spelled wrong. So, like ten years later, I tried to cash it. I couldn't, spelled wrong. I waited so long for that savings bond. Um, I wish you got to find l-
1: the other Hannah Shapico or whoever, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and give and her the, make the money. A deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, thanks so much for calling in, uh, not Connor. Connor, I hope you call back in again, and you can use your actual name and just be an honorary Connor member. Thanks for calling in. Our next is also from anonymous. Hey, Hannah. Hi, Will. Uh, always fun calling into your speak pipe and now watching Parks and Rec on your peacock. Uh,
2: just calling to say that in this episode, I really liked the B story, which I assume is the, the new, Andy's new job as the
0: shine person, but maybe that was, is the C story. Anyway, I seem to have a memory also of an issue of not paying library fines, and that maybe being a big thing at a certain college in order to graduate, um, or maybe I'm just imagining it all. Love to hear your thoughts. Bye bye, mom.
1: <laughs>
0: um, I like I the want idea. To be this clear, is <laughs> own peacock, according to my yeah. mom. Our
1: your peacock. peacock. I hope
0: everyone listening has enjoyed watching Parks and Rec on Peacock. If you've been confused about where to watch it, please go to our Peacock. Uh, Will Mm. and I own Peacock. Yeah. So I said I liked libraries earlier, but I did. To graduate Northwestern, you have to have paid off all your library fines. So I maybe had a bill (laughs) at the end of Northwestern that wasn't just the hundreds of thousands of dollars we spend to go to that school.
1: The diploma was like a trade, <laughs> like you you had a check and you handed it to them and they yeah, then handed Tammy you your Swanson diploma. Tammy
0: Swanson met me at the graduation office, let's just for the sake of the story <laughs> say there was a graduation office, she was the deputy of books and she said you can't graduate until you pay the library fines for, what was the book in her office that you pointed out in Tammy Swanson's office?
1: There was a book titled Sperm Suicide, which yes. tickled me pink. <laughs> I thought it was very funny. <laughs> oh, then you throw a like a, a full handful of uh, of coins onto her desk.
0: Mom, that was a great question. Yeah, I had to pay some library fines before I could graduate college.
1: I, I had a similar... Uh, <gasps> you know, have you ever done that where you're, you're like driving somewhere, you're on a road trip, and you like have a cup of coffee and you put it on top of the car and then you drive away and then you're like, oh, my coffee. And you realize that you... Your cup of coffee has fallen off the car because you put it on top, forgot you put it on top, and started driving. You ever done something like that? No? Okay.
0: Yeah. I want to know where this is going on.
1: Curiosity
0: kills the coffee.
1: That happened to me, but it, it was instead of a cup of coffee, it was a very expensive microphone. Um that was that was used in my like film production classes. So my senior oh, no. year was <laughs> was spent like um Paying paying the debt that I owed to oh my uh, gosh what
0: that we is called a the cage <laughs> the cage yes and yeah. they got red cameras and everyone was like you got to use these nice cameras and I was like no this is how Northwestern somehow owns me for life is if I break <laughs> one of these red cameras
1: I was um, also on a on a, a shoot where, metaphor- where someone.
0: I mean, it thank wasn't you, even a metaphor. You, you. It was literally what happened.
1: <laughs> was, yeah, And
0: I got to turn the coffee into the microphone. That was beautifully said. Thank you, Mom, thank you. for calling in. Yeah. Let's hear from the next anonymous. Briefcase number 77.
2: Hey, Will and Hannah. I know your name, Hannah. Uh, loved the podcast. Last week's episode was great. Looking forward to... To this week's episode, poor Leslie, her park, if she was going to be taken over by a library, can you imagine anything that silly? When you have a public space it should be used to make a baseball stadium. Good call by you, Hannah, on the cards would win the World Series. Unfortunately, they're knocked out. So the four teams left as of this calling are the the Rays, the Yankees. The Dodgers, the eight teams left, Rays, Yankees, Dodgers, Oakland A's, uh, Astros, and I'm sure, oh, uh, Atlanta Braves, and last but not least, whoever's playing, the Florida Marlins. Of those eight teams, uh, which one has the closest ties to Indiana baseball parks. There you go for a question. See, I'm trying to notice that you're doing a podcast about something other than just plain sports. Your dad's saying,
1: I'm trying to notice. (laughs) It's a beautiful turn of phrase.
0: He's trying to notice. He's trying really hard to notice. He remembered my name. Uh, Will, do you want to take a stab at this?
1: Closest to Indiana, Indiana baseball. Yeah. I'm going to say probably the Atlanta Braves feels like that's right at home in like the murals (laughs) at the government buildings of like maybe time for. He
0: gave us a multiple choice question and now I'm forgetting all the multiple choices. It's like (laughs) if you went into a test and you were like, what is physics? And there was four questions and you were like, I forget them all. I'm going to go with baloney. That's how I feel like my brain is working right now.
1: It's multiple choice, but it is the first eight letters of the alphabet so there were a lot of options but i'm going to go the atlanta braves because um i'm going to be brave and
0: go with that too since i want to not balance it out like the last flyer french question dad thanks so Mm -hmm. much for calling in we're going to be brave and go with the braves uh the next voicemail we have is from connor r hello hannah and will this is
2: connor are one of your Conners. Um, since this is a, a public forum type vibe, I guess, um, I, I had an unrelated to the show question. So it's about coffee, and it's about pumpkin coffee, specifically since it's uh, fall now. Do you prefer to buy pumpkin spice coffee, like the the beans that are roasted with the spices, or pumpkin spice coffee creamer, to mix into your coffee. Um, as a basic white person, I love everything pumpkin spice. I don't know if you guys are on the same page with me there, um, but I'm just curious about your opinions on that. Um, thanks, you guys. Love you. Bye.
0: Thank you again for saying you love us as you sign off. I'm going to, I'll start this off and say, I think I may have one time tried a pumpkin coffee drink. I really like with my coffee, with my, I want to taste the espresso. I I do have milk in it, but I don't. I don't usually like flavors, but I will say, at Trader Joe's has a great pumpkin section, and I recently got pumpkin bagels. I know, I know, wild, wild, but these pumpkin bagels with a little bit of butter, even cream cheese, really, really, really interesting. Um, I really like uh pumpkin in. Uh baked goods. Uh and then I like my coffee to strongly ca- taste like coffee. But I don't know, Will, do you have a preference with pumpkin and the beans versus the added flavor?
1: Yeah, I mean pumpkin and the beans, great question. I I got the giggles because I was imagining your Trader Joe spot as an ad, which um We really I
0: advertise d- <laughs> a lot of things on here and are not for getting free. paid for it.
1: <laughs> but I like any ad up being like, and it's Pretty interesting. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I do it the old-fashioned way. grow my own pumpkins. uh, Got a little coffee plantation. Grow the coffee beans inside of the pumpkin. You take the pumpkin. You soak that in water. You're going to want to leave that in water for about 20, 24 hours. You're going to let it soak. It's going to be mushy. It's going to look gross. You're going to take that. You're going to put it in a blender. Don't turn the blender on. Take that blender. Pour it out. Put it into a mister coffee you're going to want to go with another brand but the actual cheaper brand is the better put that into a mr coffee put a filter on top boil the water in the mr coffee something is going to come out it's going to be brown you're going to expect it to be orange or dark it's going to be kind of a color i can only describe as mushy colored um you're going to want to take that you're going to put that back in the garden and that is going to grow your pumpkin spice and you're going to want to add just a little bit of paprika on top Um, Best cup of coffee. He just
0: gave away his grandfather's recipe, so I hope you feel lucky.
1: Yeah, and there there are six six secret herbs and one secret spice. Um,
0: And he's going to give you everything.
1: (laughs) Give it all.
0: Good luck. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much, Connor R, for calling in. Connor Club representing in both our actual Connor and our hypothetical Connor this time. Our last voicemail is from Joy, the librarian. Gasping Uh sounds. Hi, Hannah and Will. This is Joy the Librarian. Parks and Rec is one of my favorite shows, even though they hate libraries. (laughs) Um, I will say in my career as a librarian that there is a lot of tension, actually, between libraries and the Parks and Rec department. And I do a lot of outreach for the library and have been able to kind of bridge that gap. And it's been a huge selling point on my resume and job interviews. Um, but I'm a huge fan of both of you, and keep up the great work. Bye. Joy, you are not only a Joy, but you give it, you've give you given us real insight into the fact that there is tension between parks and libraries, which I love so much as the expert voicemail segment. You seem so nice, and I almost expected you to say, I'm fans of you. We're government gals and guys, <laughs> and then do something nuts. Like I don't know. Will, do you yeah. trust how sweet Joy is?
1: I mean, I think I, I think I do. I was primed. The whole, this whole episode certainly was anti-library, you know, propaganda. But once you meet a real person, you realize that maybe, you know, maybe it's not so bad.
0: Stereotypes um, breaking down, yeah, before our eyes hatred built up by the show becoming <laughs> love I'm really glad that you're doing outreach with the parks that that's getting you jobs joy you, you really are a joyful expert i I, I just really enjoyed uh enjoyed <laughs> your you can't voicemail. <laughs> I can't stop won't stop uh, thank you so much for listening uh, I hope you call in again joy every time there's a library and you know what heck I'll say it even when there isn't I hope you call in. Remember, you can email us at townhall at com. We like to read. This is a library episode. Let's read some emails. Will, you want to start? Do you want to start this Will? one
1: is from Lindsay Wilson.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, there was our we're on different sides of the whole world and there was a little internet jitter. It's not because I'm nervous. <laughs> uh this email <laughs> <laughs> this email is from lindsey wilson and the subject line loving the show thanks lindsey loving your email already after a great start lindsey says maybe she's hi, talking Hannah about Will. parks
0: and Rec, though you don't mm. know that she's talking about our show i so still love, love her email
1: about... I, yeah okay. we're on the same page and that's what it is <laughs>
0: let's hear from lindsey
1: uh lindsey says hi Hannah and Will, and i'm a rhap listener slash occasional contributor and i've been listening to your show since day one I think you were great right off the bat, but you're getting even better every single week. Parks and Rec is my all-time favorite show, too. I used to host a semi-popular podcast about The Office and have greatly missed the weekly coverage of these Greg Daniels, Mike Schur shows. So I just wanted to thank you for bringing that back into my life. You're welcome. Thank you. That was me. That was Will just chiming in. Uh, Lindsay goes on. I was a couple of episodes behind but have caught up and wanted to say that I thought the Sister City segment on the real-life situation in Venezuela was amazing. Matt did such a good job. He was informative, engaging, and had added so much to the episode. Also, Josh Wiggler is a national treasure, but you knew that already. Thanks for the laughs, Lindsay.
0: Lindsay, thanks for emailing. This was such a nice email. Everyone should go check out Sister City. Matt, uh, who is a, a, an expert at international politics, did a great job really giving us some history. Lindsay, this is such a nice email. I'm so glad you're caught up. Uh you know we're really trying to expand our audience, so if you're really loving the pod um maybe tap the person next to you or don't touch them for safety reasons but let's let, let <laughs> two let
1: <laughs> yeah us if let you her if you're two in a pod know. together
0: let's see if we can yeah if you're in a pod with the person, then you can tap them about the podcast mm. if you're not in the po- yeah. a pod with the person, then you can virtually tell the person about the pod so if you're potting pod poke if you're yes not potting pod virtually poke
1: and i think also this one thing i loved about this email is that there's a little clue right at the end and that um josh wiggler is a national treasurer is actually currently i think on the back of the declaration of independence um and it has is, been there for yeah. as long as i've known him yeah
0: yeah the the, the clues will be under the steps um for that one thank you so much uh we'd love to keep hearing from you send us in some questions some thoughts as to someone who um podcasted about the office i'm sure you have lots of deep parks and rec thoughts thank you Lindsay, for emailing in yes you want to take the next one yeah sure this one is called condolences for your molly doll from katherine brazil Hello, this message is for Hannah only. That was all caps. And not Josh or Will, due to the callous lack of understanding of Hannah's childhood tragedy. I'd like to say thank you already. Um, I love emails for Hannah only and for the empathy already. Hannah. I'm so sorry to hear about your American Girl doll, Molly, was mauled by your dog. I was lucky enough to own three dolls. And to this day, I find comfort knowing exactly where they are in my parents' house and that they're wearing comfortable uh, outlets. I felt non-ironic physical anguish in hearing your doll's injuries. Those dolls were so cool and weirdly expensive. It's pretty neat. You got to take her to the American Girl doll hospital, though. I don't know why Will and Josh didn't get the gravity of this story and clearly did not pick up on the sadness of the story. Hannah, I'm truly sorry you had such a difficult podcast experience. Best wishes to Hannah and Molly only, Catherine.
1: Sorry, I stopped listening when I wasn't allowed to. Did I miss any? Is there anything important that you want me to like comment on or like <laughs> you want to sum it up? I'd be happy to sort of come in with an open mind, but I, I respectfully removed myself from the conversation.
0: Good. Um, Catherine, thank you so much for emailing in. I'm so sorry to put you in physical anguish. Um, uh, these dolls were weirdly expensive. Uh, I'm wildly impressed that you you own three of them. Um Probably way more money than my library fines. Uh, I would also think- just
1: double check if you think you're sure you know where these dolls are in your parents' house. American dolls um, strike me.
0: Well, a- yeah. yeah, for yeah. my ears only.
1: Oh, sorry. I would also the joke I was gonna make was gonna be about like um, like American girl doll, like maybe being haunted or something. I hadn't worked it out, but it was gonna be kind of about. Like do you know where the dolls are in your parents house? Maybe they moved around again cuz they were haunted or something. Uh, I'm still working on the joke but I'll I'll try it maybe in the next episode or maybe
0: we'll try I it wish on I could <laughs> understand your whispering. I truly do. <laughs>
1: um, it works. Uh,
0: <laughs> I yeah, I I really loved my Molly doll. I also had a horse that I got her. <laughs> she had like a horse. An um, American
1: girl horse? That's too much. An American girl
0: horse? <laughs> I liked Molly because I always wore my hair in braids back in that age, and so she kind of, you know,
1: yeah, resonated.
0: It resonated. Thank you so much. Um, She's okay though. She came back from the hospital, like I said, with a balloon. I don't want you to feel physical anguish, Um, you know. And also, I think I I think mauled by my dog. I don't want to paint my dog in an unfair light. Uh, He's a perfect puppy, and he can do no wrong. So you know, he just. Love the doll as well. Um, thank you so much for writing in with your beautiful empathy. Uh, I, I'm i curious what uh, three dolls you have in your house, like which three of the American Girl dolls you have. Um, yeah, for some reason, I imagined it as three Molly's. And I realized that <laughs> probably isn't the case. Will, do you want to read this uh, last email we have today?
1: Yeah, uh, this email is from my mom. And the subject line is Senator Harris. Amy Sondheim. Amy Sondheim on the pod. Thanks for writing in, Mom. Uh, My mom says, hi, Hannah and Will. Um, Please rhapsodize what you think Leslie would have to say about Senator Harris as a female leader. Instead of being a fly on the wall, could you be the fly on VP Pence's hairscape? Five stars, Amy Sondheim.
0: Oh man. Thank you, Amy.
1: (laughs) I love this. This is the first five star review we've gotten via email, which I think also is really good for our overall ratings and, you know, our numbers. (laughs) I'm counting it.
0: (laughs) Yes. Apple, if you're listening, we have five stars from this email. Please add that to our total.
1: Yes, this counts. And these are mom five stars. So, especially. Especially Especially heavily
0: weighted. Yes. Yeah. So she wanted us to RHAP Rehapsodize what we think. And I love that. Thank you so much for playing with. (laughs) RHAP. But it's not what we think is about Senator Harris as a female leader. It's what Leslie thinks. And I would say Leslie would definitely have a framed photo of Senator Harris in her office.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think leaving totally leaving my own personal opinions out of it.
0: Yeah, going, this disappearing. is not our yeah. yeah.
1: This is not about me disappearing into the mind of Leslie Nope. Um we already know she has huge Joe Biden crush. So huge. I think I think just Kamala's closeness to to that alone is like a huge marker. Um
0: she loves in her strong favor. women and she's yeah. very attracted to Joe Biden. I think this might be Leslie Nope's dream ticket.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's Truly no question of who she's voting for.
0: <laughs> yeah, and this is this is completely objective. Yeah. But my guess is she thinks the other ticket is poo-poo dog shit.
1: Yeah. But mm-hmm. that's and that,
0: objective, and that's just through Leslie's
1: perspective.
0: Yeah. Not our own politics. We keep politics, I was going to say, out of this podcast, <laughs> but I can't even jokingly say that. But you know, this is objective.
1: Yeah, as as was the um the fly yeah. on, on Pence's hair. On Pence's
0: hairscape. Hat. I love your mom's use of the word hairscape here.
1: Yeah, he's a good writer. Uh, um,
0: Amy Sondheim, thank you so much for emailing in. I love that we have both the moms emailing in.
1: Yeah, thank you, mom. I um, hope they
0: get to meet one day. I think they have, actually. I think they got to meet at graduation.
1: Yeah, I think um, that checks out. I'll, I'll call one, you soon, Mom. If you're listening yeah. to this, I'll yeah, I'll call you. I'll back.
0: call you. I'll call you as well.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll do a big We call. have
0: one one tweet uh, at Radio Pawnee is where you can tweet at us. It's Shania now. After this week's radio at Radio Pawnee with at Ron Howard, so we're talking about Kaboom. So a a, a few a, a minute ago, I, mm-hmm. I I I put this on me. I probably could have read this tweet sooner. Um, I looked into the British version of Lost called Vanished turns out paul schneider was in that show too and spoiler alert they killed off his character in a pit parks and ref reference question mark and uh sean has included the graphic for vanished with paul schneider on the british version of lost two graphics and on top of including these amazing graphics of the show there's a sunday buff on the tv so this is just goodness after goodness after goodness. Uh, thank you so much. The Sunday yeah. buffs being buffs that are uh, raising money for my friend Sunday Burkequest's uh, cancer treatments as she battles esophageal cancer. Uh, so just so much goodness in this t- tweet. I'm just such a fan of Shawnee yeah, now.
1: Consider this my my verbal retweet. Um, A formal endorsement and in general, a celebration of Sean as truly an anthropologist of all um, TV shows that I had never heard of until um, until we said them.
0: Yes. Thank you, Sean. I hope you continue to make us the art for any TV show we mention. Uh, We're going to end on the best way to reach us, which is to leave a five star review Uh, You can email them in like Amy Sondheim did, but if you want them to uh, make sure Apple counts them in their calculations, please, um, yeah, please send them in. So we've got two new five-star reviews this week. Uh, Will, do you want to start us off?
1: Yeah, um, this person, uh, their username is a string of numbers, and I'm not going to read them in case it's a phone number, but or three, two, four, security. <laughs> you know who you are. Well, I looked,
0: it's too long to be a phone number. It might be their social security number.
1: Okay, well, we'll try and cash in on a few sort of lesser benefits. It's kind of the length of a we'll social number.
0: Uh, I really hope this isn't your social security. <laughs> uh, why don't you read the review, though?
1: So Social Security says, five stars really fills my pit. Sometimes COVID makes a pit in your life. Luckily, this podcast has really filled in this pit for me the past few weeks. Hannah and Will have perfect podcast chemistry and make each episode worth a listen. 1010 would recommend.
0: Thank you so much. Oh, well, that was my chair. If you heard that, it was my chair. Thank you so much (laughs) for um, writing us a review. It's just so nice to hear people saying this was... A bit of joy in maybe a rougher outside world right now. Uh, that really touches us.
1: Yeah. In a yeah, nice no, way. We, we really appreciate you taking the time to say so, and we'll keep taking the time to make funny little episodes.
0: Uh, our next review is from Talro V. And he says, Would give it six stars if I could. Five stars, insert applause sound effect here. All right. Thank you, you so it. much. In order to celebrate this review, let's insert a sound effect applause right here for real. What a great sound
1: effect. That's, yeah. No, it actually, um, even just imagining it gives me a little boost of endorphins. Yeah. yeah. I, I might recommend if you're alone at home right now, um, give yourself a little round of applause. It feels yeah. good. <laughs> you deserve um, it.
0: <laughs> Ron and Tammy, we 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 did it. We did it. You guys did it. you all did it
1: um any any relationship advice to take us home, Hannah, about what to deal if with your own ex wife any words of wisdom
0: uh if you have an ex wife um go to coffee with her. Why not? What's the worst that could happen
1: good. We've all learned something.
0: We've all learned that. Uh, you know, maybe don't go to coffee with your librarian ex-wife unless it's Joy the Librarian, who sounds like a true Joy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so great meeting you.
0: Yeah. On that note, we're very excited about next week's episode. Uh, fingers crossed this all works out. But we think we may have the writer of next week's episode, the actual writer of the episode, on the show which would just be a real treat because we could ask her all the -the behind-the-scenes questions about Mark Bandanowitz that have just been eating away at us and the other characters. Um, I don't know why I I featured Mark like that. I just have so (laughs) many... We have so many questions. It should be a really fun one. If you liked this, please subscribe. That would really help us out. Uh, And don't forget to tell uh, two friends. You know, the real answer is if you have an ex-husband or wife just let them know about the podcast. Make sure yeah. they're subscribing.
1: Let, let this be your olive branch. Is yes. um, Hey, remember that show that maybe you've seen? I think you'd get a kick out of these two people talking about that thing and a lot of other stuff, too.
0: See you next week.
1: <laughs> Bye.